Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you came. I hope you enjoyed today's message. Again, my name is Mike. I'm just so excited to be able to speak here today. Thank you so much just for this opportunity. And thank you, Bethany, for that uh, introduction. Believer's Chapel is a place that I call home. I've been going here for 13 years. I'm 26 years old now. I started going here when I was 13, and my first ever service here, I sat way in the back over there, and I got really involved uh, in the youth group at that time. My brothers were going, and I was like just super excited to be involved, and that was when Pastor Rich was the youth pastor. And I also uh, became an intern here around the age of 18 or 19 years old. I was an intern. I also took college classes here, and if that's not enough, I also attended the preschool from preschool through fourth grade when Believer's Chapel was actually an elementary school. And I could tell you just so many stories about this church. I've had some really fun memories. I remember when I was an intern, and I think Hannah... Yep, she was an intern with me, and uh, I could tell you just story after story. There was this one time we were in the small sanctuary with uh, Pastor Rich, and we would have these meetings for some reason at like, I think it was like 5.30 in the morning because we were all working full time, and so we'd all be coming to these meetings. There was like five or six of us, and we'd be doing usually a few hours of like, you know, prayer and study. We'd be reviewing the Word and doing all these things, but when we'd show up, we were all so tired, so Pastor Rich would get this like foam ball in the small sanctuary, and we'd literally play like kickball for five minutes. He'd be like throwing the ball at us. It was like, it wouldn't even go that like far, but it was just so funny just as a way for him to wake us up. I have some really impactful memories here. I remember I stood right here, and prophetic minister Charlie Sweet spoke over my life. I must have been 17 years old, and it completely changed the course of my life from that moment on. I was never the same. And as I said, I could just tell you story after story of things that God has done in this house. And I'm sure that if I were to ask any of you, you probably could do the same. But if uh, I take a step back, And I think about the best part of this church, my best time throughout all the experiences I've had here. It wouldn't be the prophetic words. It wouldn't be playing kickball with Pastor Rich at 5.30 in the morning. It wouldn't be doing any of those things. It would be the people and the relationships that I've formed here. Amen? Those are the things that stay with me. You know, most everyone here is a Jesus follower. And Jesus' followers collectively are the body of Christ, with Jesus as the head, right? And so everyone here, we make up the body of Christ. And this right here, we would consider this the local church. But when we talk about the body of Christ, we're not just limiting it to Believer's Chapel or other churches. It's really a collection of all Jesus' followers around the world. So you might hear me talk about the body of Christ and the church. And really what I'm referring to is just a collection of people who love Jesus and he is their Lord. That make sense? And I could uh, think about all the people 
who've spoken into my life, who have encouraged me, who've challenged me, who've taught me, maybe were there for me when I was struggling with something. And I can just say with great confidence that I am who I am today because of that. And I wouldn't be where I am or have any of the blessings I have in my life if it wasn't for the body of Christ in my life. Can you guys relate to that? Can anyone say that that's the same for you? But as good as it has been, as as many amazing memories and times I've had here, there have been seasons where I've drifted away from being involved. I drifted away from the community of other believers, and I've even drifted away from wanting to submit to leadership. And when I found myself in drift and far from the body of Christ, often I'd find myself far from God himself. Let me say that again. Often when I found myself in a season of drift, away from getting together with other believers, away from connecting with other people, those were the moments and the seasons where I was often far from God himself. There is a strong current in the world today. You know, I would define a current as a powerful, but it's a subtle force. There's this invisible pull in the Western world. That's where we live in America. There's this pull that's taking us away from the body of Christ. That pull causes us to drift further and further away from the things of God and causes us to be isolated and alone. Have you ever found yourself isolated and alone or in a season where you weren't really connecting with other people? And what's interesting is what doesn't help this, this drift that sometimes we find ourselves in, is the society and American culture is becoming increasingly individualistic, meaning that a lot of it is saying that, hey, you don't need other people. I mean, if you pull out your cell phone, you could figure out any question to at your, you know, could find any answer to any question you can even think of, right? You don't need to ask people. You don't need other people like you used to, or at least it feels like that. And we live in a society that encourages that. And I remember, uh, just to tell you a funny story, there was this time me and my wife, we were in Florida. It must have been like eight or nine months ago. We were visiting my grandparents. They live in West Palm Beach. And so we visited them, and we love, me and my wife, we just love the ocean. We love the beach. We, we love warm weather. Anyone can relate to that where you're like, why do I live here? It's very cold. And so we love warm weather. And so uh, anytime we have the opportunity to go to a beach, we're always like, it doesn't matter where we are. We're like, let's go to the beach. And so we went to the beach, and it was in West Palm. It was this super rocky beach. There was like these enormous boulders. I have no idea why they were there. So we really didn't go far into the water, but we were probably up to waist deep. And I remember we put our stuff down. I think we had some big like pink towel that we had, and we put it down. And we went right in the water. And I remember we were just kind of hanging out, playing in the water, just swimming, doing whatever. And then about, you know, 15 minutes later, we look up and we don't see where our towel is. Anyone ever had that experience? You kind of look and you're like, whoa, where am I right now? And you've realized you've drifted like 30, 40, 50 yards down, and you think to yourself, how in the world did I get here? Anyone ever thought that before? And it's a funny experience. You literally have to like get out of the water or go back to get back to where your stuff is because you've just drifted so far. And I think that happens to us as Christians, as Christ followers, that we end up in a season of drift and we look up one day and you're like, how did I get here? How am I? I, I'm not connected with other believers. I'm not serving in the church. I barely go to church anymore. How did I even end up here? It's that subtle drift that just slowly pulled you away. And as I said, I bet each and every one of you listening at one time or another has been in a season of drift. Maybe you're in there in that season right now, or maybe it's something that may happen to you someday. And uh, drift can be something that 
is very subtle, like kind of what I was describing, where you don't even know what's happening. But drift can also be something very intentional, right? Where maybe you've drifted away from the body of Christ for very specific reasons, and it was your choice, and you said, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing this on purpose. So what does the Bible say about this? If you have your Bible today, we can open it to Hebrews 10. Uh, We're going to read verses 19 through 25. And we're really going to focus in on verses 24 and 25 and see what God says about the body of Christ and what he says about all this. So I'm going to read it to you. We can pull it up. Perfect. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having uh, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Now I want you to really pay attention to what is about to be said. Let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Another translation says, do not neglect, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do not neglect. This is like when I read this, sometimes it's, you ever read a passage and it's kind of like, oof, like it's like someone just like punched in your chest. Sometimes like, you know, when I read this, I, I, have that oof feeling because there's times in my life where I neglect meeting with other people. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just kind of introverted, or I'm just like, this is just me. I'm just Mike. I don't always love to. But it's really convicting because I see that this is God's word, and he's saying, don't neglect. Don't stop meeting together. Drifting away from the body of Christ. Sorry. Need some water. Drifting away from the body of Christ is usually one of the first steps in drifting away from your relationship with God. I think we don't accept this as much as Christians. I think sometimes we just focus on, well, it's just me and God and no one else is involved. But we have to realize that God created us for community. He created you not to be a a one-man army going solo. It's just you. You got this. I think Pastor Rich last week, he said like Rambo. Like, we're all just trying to be these one-man armies. God didn't create you that way. And when you drift away from the body of Christ, it can so often lead to you drifting away from God himself, and we don't want that. Drifting away from the body of Christ is also to miss out on all the blessings that the church was created for. The church exists, yes, for God's glory, but also for your benefit. Pastor Rich last week talked about how the church Uh, It cleanses us. It equips us. It provides us covering and gives us purpose, right? I don't have to convince any of you of the many blessings of the church, right? I think we all can agree, and after hearing Pastor Rich last week, we know that, hey, there's there's benefits of the church. But we also know, as, as I'm sharing today, that there's a drift that's also trying to pull us away from meeting together. And if we neglect meeting together with other Jesus followers, We end up in places we never intended, places of sin, away from community, alone, and as I said, maybe even finding ourselves further from God himself. Don't drift away. Don't drift away. 
Here's what drift has looked like in my life. Now, I'm someone that literally throughout my entire life, as long as I can remember, I have been, I have struggled with busyness. And for me, I've always had kind of the philosophy that if I can do something, I should do it. Meaning like if I can work 60 hours a week, I should work 60 hours a week. If I can handle this really hard college class, I should take it. If I can handle this, I should do it. And busyness is something that literally throughout all my life, I have struggled with this. And busyness, sometimes we limit busyness to a physical space that busyness occupies, right? So like, let's say I'm working 60 hours a week. Let's say I'm meeting with people all week long and I just don't have a lot of time, right? There's a physical space that I don't have if I want to meet together with other believers, if I want to grow in my relationship with God. There's just not the time for that. But what we don't always realize is that busyness occupies an emotional energy that we have. Does that make sense? I sometimes explain to uh, um, my, my wife or friends or family because I'm a, if you don't know, I'm a, a PA, that's a practitioner, kind of like a doctor. And every day I deal with like life and death situations where, you know, maybe I deal with something where someone could have died or if I don't do this wrong, they could die. Or if I mess this up, I could get sued for a million dollars. And so there's kind of a, an emotional burden that's sometimes on me and I'll come home. And even though I'm home and I have hours to spend, I'm not really home yet. And this is what busyness can do in your life is it doesn't just occupy space, it occupies emotions. And so when we're considering our schedule, it's not just a matter of, oh, I need to create one hour for this. It's also making sure you have the emotional capacity and energy in that moment to be able to handle it. Does that make sense? Kind of what I'm saying? And so that's something that I've struggled with. And this is, uh, when I look at my life, and really since I became a provider uh, two and a half or so years ago, this is something I've really struggled with because I've seen myself probably since that time, two and a half years ago, slowly drift away from meeting with other believers. And I definitely feel the effects of that in my life and my own relationship with God, because there's things that other believers can do for you that you just can't do for yourself. You know, the scripture talks about how iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. You can't just sharpen yourself, right? You can't just, you know, will it and, and grow and mature without anyone else. We often grow by the relationships we have with other people. And that's when I miss out when busyness gets in the way. It causes me to drift and drift. And then one day I wake up after a year or two of working like that, and I'm just like, where am I? How'd I get here? Anyone else been in a situation like that? And so that's a subtle drift, right? That's a drift that you don't really know what's happening. And for you in your life, you may have subtle drift that's kind of like that, maybe a different situation. And then I've had times in my life where I've intentionally drifted away, where I was like, yep, this was my choice. I decided I don't want to be near this. And I remember a situation when I was in college. I was really involved in the college ministry. I went to Lemoyne, and I was really, really involved in it for like uh, one or two years. I was actually the president of it at the time. And I went through a really hurtful situation with one of the people there. And uh, I almost felt uh, almost like, you know, like stabbed in the back, kind of felt like that. And I won't get into it, but uh, I remember feeling just so hurt. I was just so hurt. Like, like, like a scar had just been like written right all over me. And I remember how it just made me not want to meet with anyone else. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm good with the church right now. I'm going to take a little sabbatical. You know what I mean? I'm just going to take a little bit of a break, going to get myself away. And I remember how that pulled me away from meeting together with, you know, again, we're talking about the body of Christ. It's not just uh, the church. It's also just any collection of believers. And so I remember how it pulled me away from that community and how it also subsequently pulled me further from God in that moment. And hurts in the moment is not fun. Can anyone relate? 
And maybe, maybe you're newer to church, and so far you're, everything's going good and great, and that's awesome. But I just want you to know that the church is filled with imperfect people, right? And I think sometimes we have this expectation that like, oh, because we're Christians, we shouldn't be doing that. But we're human, we're flawed, and it's going to happen. And when it happens, we need to know how to respond. And for you, intentional drift might look a little bit different. So you may have decided to drift because you struggle with sin. And you're like, hey, I don't want to come to church and meet with other believers because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get struck by lightning, right? I've heard that before. Like, I'm going to burn right up, so I can't, I can't walk through the doors. I'm going to get— But that's a real feeling that a lot of newer Christians or unbelievers have is, I can't be with the body of Christ because I'm not worthy of it. You don't need to be worthy to present to God. You don't need to. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but you don't need to be worthy to present, to, to, to confess your sins. You don't need to be worthy to get healing. You don't need to be worthy to do any of those things. Amen? I know it's hard. You know, these subjects I'm talking about are kind of like uncomfortable. It's like, Mike, why would you even bring this up? Like, come on, you know. <laughs> why would you talk about this? I know it's hard, and I know that it may seem easier at times to do things alone. But God is calling you today to wake up and to start fighting against this current. It's time today. Come on, church. It's time to wake up, to realize that you're in a drift. It's time to stand up and say, I'm not going to keep drifting down the stream further and further and further and further and further away from the body of Christ and subsequently further from God. I'm going to stand up and recognize that I'm in drift. I'm going to recognize that this isn't a good place to be, and I'm going to get in God's current. I'm going to get out of this bad current that's drifting me away, and I'm going to realize that what God has for me is so good. It's time to start fighting against this current. God did not create you to be alone. God created you for community. And you know what's hard is like, as a, just my personality, I, I have no problem doing things alone. Like, you remember when COVID hit, like, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, like, we can't see each other again. I was like, no problem. I'm good. I got myself, me, myself, I'm good. All right, there's like probably like 30, 40% of you, you completely are like, we're on the same wavelength, right? You get that. You're like, yep, I don't need anyone else. And so sometimes it's like an uphill battle pursuing community because for me, it's very natural not to always have a community relationship. But again, what I'm trying to recognize is that when you miss the community, you miss this whole side of these blessings that God wants to pour out of you, uh, onto you, you miss them. And that's why it's something you have to fight against that current, and you have to pursue it. And so in relation to what I talked about in busyness, God must come first in our life. Matthew 6.33 is really clear. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Prayer must come first, right? We're very we, we're, we easily acknowledge that certain things should come first in our life. We recognize, yep, you got to pray first. We recognize that worship should come first. We recognize that reading our Bible should come first. We recognize that serving should come first. And yes, we need to recognize that meeting together with other believers should come first in our life. Now, I'm not here to say that you shouldn't meet with unbelievers just for, for clarification on that. That's super important. I'm just talking about not neglecting this really important area of our life. Does that make sense? Do not neglect. Don't neglect meeting together. Don't drift away. You know, I remember, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, uh, Dan Whalen preached a great sermon. I was like blown away. It was so good. And he talked about the most important task. 
the way you can overcome busyness, right? Because I think this is a really prevalent problem. I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only one who struggles with this in some way or, or form. The way you overcome busyness is just by inserting God first, right? If you insert God first, you're never going to have a problem with busyness. God, well, you never have to make room for God. And I think what you have to do is sometimes we have to look at our schedule and rewire it and say, you know what? I got to make room for God. We got to make him the most important task. We got to make him the thing that's essential. And in relation to what I'm talking about with community, that might mean at the beginning of your week, say, hey, who am I going to meet with this week? Which person am I going to call? Am I going to try to meet with the, the pastor because I'm struggling with that sin? I'm not going to delay that. I'm going to make that the most important thing this week that I do. And you put it in first. That's how you overcome busyness. But another way is also just learning to say no. This is what's really hard for me is learning to just say no to things that aren't as important. That might mean, you know, Netflix, Facebook, you know, TikTok, whatever. Might mean just learning to say no and saying, I can't do that because I want to make room for the things that are so important. Don't drift away. The second thing I mentioned was the hurt and how that pulled me away from the community of, of Christ in the season of my life. God is your healer, right? I, I think sometimes when our first response when we're hurt isn't to go to God. It's just to say, like, I'm hurt. I'm just going to isolate. I'm just going to hide under this rock because the safest way for me to not get hurt is just not to see anyone again, right? Found the solution. I just have no more friends. I just won't go to church anymore. I'll never get hurt again. That's something a lot of times we convince ourselves to do, that if we just isolate, then we can avoid the hurt. But number one, you got to realize you can never run away from it. The only way to get resolution in that area is for you to take it before God and let him do what he does best. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. God is your healer. He will heal you. If you bring a wound of your heart from someone who offended you, the Lord will he bring healing. The Lord can help you to forgive. And this is going to happen in your life, right? And I think as Christians, we need to expect it. And our response is to bring it before the Lord. And here's the thing. If you don't, if you've been hurt by someone, again, I, I want you to know I'm sorry for that, but I want you to know that you can't let that hurt prevent you from meeting with other believers, neglecting what God has called you to not neglect, and to experience those blessings that he has for you. Amen? Don't drift away. As I said, this is just, this is a message that for me is just so, so personal, because it's easy for me to at least seemingly pursue God on my own, but when I have to start bringing other people into the equation, that's when things can sometimes feel more complicated and harder, and I don't want to initiate, but I have never regretted in my life after meeting together with another believer in the sense of what it can bring and encourage my faith. And as I said, the, my best memories here, I could literally point to any spot in this sanctuary, and I, there's a memory of what God has done in my life. But I'll tell you this, is that the things that God has offered me, the ways that God has blessed me the most have been through the relationships that I've formed here. And that's what I want you guys to experience too. And we can have Kaysen uh, come up, the worship team. The enemy would love to see you drift away, right? The enemy would love, he would love, oh man, he would love to see you never go to church again. He would love to see you cut off all your Christian relationships. He would love to see you just run away from the body of Christ. He'd be good. I, I don't even, I think he would just avoid you at that point. He's like, all right, I'm not going to mess with this anymore. That, that one's done. That would bring the, the enemy just so much pleasure. And the reason is because, as I said before, there's a sharpening 
There's a sharpening that happens that you get when you are meeting together that you just can't get anywhere else. And I'm not trying to convince you, like beg you, like, oh, just please meet with other believers. What I'm trying to help you see today is that there's this just drift. And it is something we have to actually fight against. It's something we have to acknowledge that exists because if we don't, we get caught in it. And just like that story I shared, you look up and you say, how did I get here? It's been a year since I've been to church. It's been a year since I confessed my sin to someone. It's been a year since I did this or that. How did I get here? And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're in that position of, how did I get here? Mike, I, I just barely made it today. Today is the day to recognize that you're in drift and to start leaning back into the things that God has for you. Today is the day to wake up and start swimming against the current. The body of Christ exists for God's glory and for your benefit. So here's what you can do. This is something we can do this week. This is something we can do over the next, for the rest of your life, this is a good thing to do. But let's just say for the next week. When you start to feel yourself drifting, tell yourself, don't drift away. When you start to wake up and it's Sunday morning and you're like, oh, it would feel so good to just sleep in this morning. I don't think I'm going to go to church. Tell yourself, don't drift away. When you feel yourself hurt and you're saying, you know what? I'm just not going to go there. I don't want to open that door again. Tell yourself, don't drift away. You may have to say no to some things, right? This message, what I'm sharing with you, may be the start of you learning to say no to some things that you've just been saying yes to. Maybe you have to start saying yes to things you've been saying no to. Reach out to that friend. Send that text you've been sitting on. Invite that friend to coffee. Open up to your pastor about that sin. Sign up to attend a crew. Start to volunteer. Join that ministry. Maybe you're not stuck in drift. Maybe you're here and you're like, Mike, this was like, this is 20 minutes of just not relevant for me, right? Because I'm not stuck in drift. I have no problem building a relationship with other believers. In fact, I find it easy. That's awesome. Good for you. And I, I love that there are people like that and that just naturally gravitate towards the body of Christ. Can you begin to find and identify people who are stuck in drift, though? Can you see the people who are getting away from you? And because you're so good at initiating, can you reach out to them and say, hey, I just felt like God wanted me to reach out to you today. How are you doing? How's your soul? How's your relationship with God? My challenge for you this week is to reach out to fellow Jesus followers, to meet with, talk with, share your life, share your struggles, encourage. You won't regret that decision. Can you guys do that this week? Today is the day to stop drifting. Today is the day to start swimming against the current. Today is the day to recognize that the body of Christ exists for God's glory and for your benefit. Don't drift away. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's message. We want you to know that God wants a personal relationship with you. If you've never had that relationship with him, today is a great day to start. You can do that simply by saying, Lord Jesus, say this prayer with me, say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've walked my own way. I've done my own things. I've done what's wrong in your sight. And so today I ask that you forgive me for those things. I believe that, Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross to take the place for the penalties that I owed. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place. 
And thank you, God, that right now that you are cleansing me from all unrighteousness and everything I've done wrong that has separated me from you. Help me now, Jesus, to have a relationship with you forevermore. Amen. Hey, if you did that today, we're so excited for you. Please reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help you in your next steps with Jesus.